you're listening to the Google Ads Podcast, brought to you by Solutions 8, the Google Ads agency. If conversion tracking is off, nothing else in the account matters. I don't care about the bidding strategy, the conversions, the CPA, nothing. Nothing matters at all. So conversion tracking, first and foremost, is extremely important. So that's how universal this kind of evaluation can be. It applies to everyone. More than two-thirds of the conversions are coming from the brand. That's going to inhibit scale. Higher amount of ad spend. No, 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 no. That's the first thing right off the bat. That's probably one of the biggest limiting scale factors. Thinks current results are good, but hasn't been able to scale and wants to scale aggressively. Perfect. That's all, that's all we're going to do. That's what we're, that's all I'm going to know. And that's what we're going to go off of in the beginning. So this is going to be pure cold. Haven't seen this client before last 30 days, spent 22K, made dollar conversions. Cool. So let's begin. First thing that I do is I always look at the conversion tracking. That's going to dictate everything that happens in an account. Conversion tracking is off. Nothing else in the account matters. I don't care about the bidding strategy, the conversions, the CPA, nothing. Nothing matters at all. So conversion tracking, first and foremost, is extremely important. So what I'm going to do first is just take a look at the campaign structures. So let's see what they're spending the most on. That's going to make the most amount of sense. So we got a shopping campaign on Target ROAS, YouTube search, YouTube shopping search, search, YouTube. Why? This is... <laughs> Uh-oh. All right. Well, this is a friendly partner of ours. So this is going to be fun. So... So we got the video, video, a lot of video campaigns. Let's see what they spent in video. So 21K in video, they spent eight. Okay, so that's good. That's one third. Let's see what they spent in shopping. In shopping, they spent 15, okay, with four campaigns. Got it. Search, 7,500. All right, now that's the search. So search, in, it's pretty evenly divided up between the three, but YouTube is still a big portion of it. Looking at the bidding strategies, so this is all the information I'm going to gather before I check the conversion action. So that all this is leading up to what is currently being structured, which is going to dictate how I look at the conversion. So we're using restrictive bidding strategies everywhere. And they said that they're wanting to scale. The other thing that I kind of noticed right off the bat is when you look at the conversions, descending, there is 2,700 conversions. 2,000 of those are coming from what this looks to be is brand with search partners. So that's another issue right there. If more than two-thirds of the conversions are coming from the brand, that's going to inhibit scale. The other thing that's going to inhibit scale is the bidding strategies running on a restricted bidding strategy. Most often is what it looks like. So let's look at the conversions. Okay, so they're running a website conversion as primary. This is secondary. That's fine. It's good. Looks like it's working well because Google Ads can capture more on the analytics. That's fine. Everything else is inactive. Calls from ads, YouTube channel subscriptions, all of the other tags are inactive. And then the custom goals, there's three of them. And these are actual purchases. So it looks like they're importing it, but they're not actually appending it to any campaign. Purchase in okay. So that's, that's fine here. So purchase, this one's going to be capturing the conversions. Now, first thing off the bat, there's an incorrect structure. They're running heavy YouTube. One third of their spend is in YouTube. Their engaged view through conversion window is three days and they're using a restricted bidding strategy. What this means is that it's going to say, hey, unless they make a target ROAS or target CPA, don't spend any money, don't scale. Well, when you count your view through engaged convert or engaged view conversions for only three days instead of 30, you don't get all the conversion value and you're not going to be able to get all of the 
information back into Google and the restricted bidding strategy is going to be too restrictive. It means if I'm only feeding it three out of the 30 that I could, but I said, why can't I scale? Why isn't my campaigns gaining more impressions and conversions? Well, you're only counting them for three days. The click-through conversion window is 30 days. Not too worried about that. Like to move it out to 90, but this one right here when you're running heavy YouTube, especially when you're running heavy inbound brand, means that all of your YouTube videos are doing really, really good, but your data-driven can only attribute your conversions back to the brand. Why? Because if it comes after four days, it's physically impossible to reattribute it back to YouTube. So that makes sense for everybody so far. Again, going to go a little fast here, but it's going to be drinking from a fire hose and we get stuff. That's the first thing right off the bat. That's a, probably the, one of the biggest limiting scale factors of it. Restrictive bidding strategy, incorrect conversion tracking, heavy on YouTube, too much into brand. That's a big structural issue that I noticed right off the bat there. So we want to move this from three to 30 days. This is going to allow the YouTube, and I'm going to look at, I'm sure there's going to be some YouTube campaigns that have a, probably a fair amount of engaged views. But just globally, when I look at the account total, not just the campaigns, I see that 100 of the 2,700 have been coming from engaged views. There is engaged view conversions. This is only three days. Now, if I'm looking at three days and seeing 100, there's probably a lot more. Let's check time lag. Let's see how much we could be potentially missing. Knowing that this is heavy brand, though, my time lag is going to be fairly short because brand is usually one click, one day, one, one attributed conversion. I would imagine 80% of my conversions for the brand campaign, if I look at days to conversion, are going to be within 1%. 1 per, 1 so 101 out of 111,000 within one day. Yes, that's the case. That's reducing that time lag a lot. That means that my time lag in reality is actually longer. I'm just a self-fulfilling prophecy by only tracking the short and then positioning all of my ad spending conversions into the short. So we already know that there's a seven-day conversion lag. We're tracking YouTube for three days. That's a mistake. We can't track a three-day conversion window on engaged view, which YouTube does well, with a seven-day time lag, basically by saying, hey, even before halfway through the sales cycle, we stop tracking. And also, let's use a restricted bidding strategy. We add more budget, nothing comes through. We've blinded ourselves from seeing that. That's going to be one of the things that's going to limit that scale. So the next thing that we're going to look at is the different types of individual campaigns and what we're showing up for. What is this company called again? Okay, so just looking globally at all the search terms and we look, want to take a search term filter and say, what is small pet and apply? And this is going to give me the differentiation between all the shopping campaigns and search campaigns. I don't care if they're called non-branded. I don't care if they're called non-branded shopping campaigns. If we look at small pet select, we can find that anything that was small pet, small pet, small, blah, 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 here. We can see here that the conversions are 1,800 of the 2,700 are actual search terms coming from shopping, search, whatever it may be. So now when we're looking at this, we can say, okay, we have a SPS non-brand likely misspells. I don't know what the hell that is, but that's probably not a good idea to separate that from brand campaign. Probably not, not too smart because now we're looking at all non-brands doing okay, but it's actually brand, which is a huge mistake that people usually make. So then I look at non-brand betting, small, select, small pets like betting. That's going to limit scale. Why can't scale brand? You can't scale the last part of any funnel. You only can scale the first part or the middle part, but you can't just try to double down on people already searching for you. You can't make your own baby that wants to buy your own product. It's not going to happen in the bidding strategy. Those are things that we have to look for in immediately is the SH generic high. That's probably not BR. It's non-brand. That's brand. Non-brand, brand. Non-brand, non or that one's brand, brand. This is non-brand, brand. Okay. So we already can tell you that the non-brand versus the brand doesn't make sense anymore. That's all gone. 
So this is where you have half of your non-brand being brand and your brand being brand and your YouTube not tracking conversions, nothing is going to scale. So we're just in the first few minutes here of this evaluation. Any, and now I'm just going to pause here because again, I'm going pretty quick. Any questions so far? I can't see the chat anymore. So just yay or nay with any questions. People are just wondering why are you speaking so fast today? Like incredibly fast. Oh, this is just my normal speed. <laughs> but this is what's nice if you can rewatch this a few times and you'll get the kind of just the cadence of it. I think that this is good. That's why I said that we'll skip this quiz this week and just know like maybe this is just how to evaluate an account. But it's the common every single time. This is how it always runs. That's why this is just now normal, just day-to-day -day operations. So how, what are we known so far? Tracking is incorrect. The non-brand showing up for brand. More than three quarters of our conversions are coming from branded search terms. And our top of funnel, middle of funnel that we should be able to scale won't be able to. So let's look at some individual campaigns now. Because this says search partners, you can segment by conversions and go on. Oh, I'm sorry. Segment, not by conversions. I'm an idiot. Segment and go top versus other. Search partners in here on the brand, I'm not too worried about because search partners usually is fairly okay on branded conversions. But we see here that we only spent 45 cents. Fine. A search partners, $11. And we got virtually a cost that's working well. Cost per conversion, 11. Good. So we're looking at the different networks. A lot of times what you find is a campaign that has too much of a restricting bidding strategy will go too heavy into search partners, which is usually fairly junk traffic. And they think they're on Google and they're actually not. Going campaign by campaign allows us to say, if you've opted into things like the search partners and that kind of stuff, you'll find some sometimes inefficiencies. I've actually saved a couple of clients by saying, don't spend 80% on search partners, turn that off. And wow, quality of traffic increase. So that's something that we need to check that box. So let's see, search partners. Not, and all we're looking for is just a higher amount of ad spend. No, 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 no. We'll go down to globally at the bottom. looks like search partners only spent $78. Not an issue there. All right. Now let's do some other things here. So this search campaign that's generic high is also showing up for the brand term quite often. So terms like 690, we'll see the differentiation between those. This is going to give us a, a couple of things here. What I'm looking at is the highest spending campaigns. What are they doing? Pareto's 80-20 rule holds tight for any campaign evaluation, which means that if I'm looking at 80% of the activity, that's the whole account. The 20% is not going to make or break a difference in a campaign. The 20% can do double as good, and you're still only 40% efficient. So we're looking at the conversions here. We have 48 conversions on things that are, and there's 254. Good. There's probably some other things here. That's not going to be really great in terms of the scalability because the cost per conversion is five, globally is 14, which means you take the opposite of 14 that's been reduced down to five, and this is more like $30. So if our average cost per non-branded conversion is $30, by safe does not contain, and there's gonna be some, some differentiation. I'm going a little bit too quickly here. This was at 18, but there's also gonna be some brand in there, which is fine. So now we're gonna look at non-branded CPA and, and CAC versus ROAS. I don't have LTV, we'd have to find that on a call, but now we're gonna look at what is the cost per conversion versus the value per conversion and find out how much are we just paying these people over and over and over again, and, if we're just throwing all of our profitability out right at the end of the end of the sequence because we're misattributing and YouTube is now bringing us new full traffic. So we want to look at something, the value per conversion. This here is going to allow us to see what is the AOV versus the CPA. Then 
the bigger issues that we're going to have is what is the actual LTV. So cost per conversion and value per conversion are going to be two things that we're looking at here. So cost per conversion. So cost per conversion on the brand $1.55. Good. That is good. That's not bad. We're way overspent, but that's not bad at all. The generic, we know that it's $14.50. Okay. Now, if we had a that's not that great. If you're at a 33% profit margin, that's break even. If you had good LTV, that's fine. Again, I actually still don't know what this client does, by the way. That's what you'll notice is we already kind of found a huge efficiency. I can't even, I don't even know what this company sells. So that's how universal this kind of evaluation can be. It applies to everyone. But if you're looking at, let's say 50% profit margins, that means that I make 25 on that. I spent 14 of that. I got a $10 profit. Why can't they scale? I don't know. Can they scale? Profitably, yes. Are they going to scale this profitably right now? No. So then we look at the, so non-brand RLSA, okay, that's a little bit high, a little bit high non-brand betting, which we already know has some brand in there. That's also going to be sucking up the profitability. The non-brand similar audience value for conversion seems really odd to me. That would be $7 and $1. This means that we're probably tracking conversions that are actually not sales. That would probably have the default value of one. Let's just see here, uh, calls from ads. That would be one of those, yeah, calls. So calls are what's dropping that AOV. Okay, that's why. So we only had a call from ad that came from this one here. And it cost us $25. Would you want to count calls? Probably not. I technically wouldn't. And especially if you're going to use a bidding strategy like target cost per acquisition, make sure that it costs me you know, $18 for a phone call to come in or $25, probably a bad idea. So we're looking at the way that we're measuring success of a campaign. You have to kind of go one by one. Non-brand not profitable. RLSA, non-brand, not profitable. Top of funnel could potentially be profitable if this is actually top of funnel. And we already know that there's a little bit too much mix and match between each individual campaigns. So as a general rule of thumb, let's say if this is, let's say one third, not one third brand, again, not profitable. So we're starting to see that they have too many campaigns that are stretching themselves too thin without a good, good structure. Right now, each one of these things that I can open up are going to have inefficiencies. This one here is a YouTube remarketing other emails. Again, we'll have to take some time to find out what these are. Other emails, excluding recent purchasers. Okay. So these are people that probably are in their email list that they're just continually cycling it through. We can look at the audiences and find out is it actually working well. So we, wanna, we can kind of dive deeper into each individual one. Email list here, $27,090 cost for conversion. Are we counting just the good sales? This one looks to be Good. These are all purchases. Excellent. Now this is YouTube. Again, we're missing 90% of the conversions that actually came from this, this campaign. So this is working very well at $9 cost per acquisition, missing conversions, low hanging fruit, good opportunity. Would you scale this one? Depends on how often they're updating their lists. So let's just kind of go back and do more generalized information here. When we're looking at the brand. This is where we're going to look at the audiences. The audiences are going to be less and less and less efficient, but these audiences are things that we're going to tell us the more most truth in the account. So the similar to all visitors, good. All right, now let's see. Lifestyles and hobby pet lovers. Pet lovers has a good cost per conversion, which means Google knows these people and they're Googling the brand and they're buying, which means this is an audience that we can expand upon because we know that when they find out about our brand and they buy, even if it's a return, it's cheap. Good. This is what we're going to gather on the brand campaign. The brand campaign 
has a lot of truths in there that can be extracted and brought back to the beginning. So what I'm doing now is I'm kind of finding areas of low-hanging opportunities. So I can say consolidate, run these, start these, and you'll have good success if you track it and measure it this way. The brand will tell you who your customers are. It's still very, very valuable. That's why it's always a good idea to, as well to run the brand campaign. So pet lovers, affinity, nail it. Pet supplies, good. We have a few pet clients that I also can tell you that these are good for them as well. So that's just something, this is a truth that's becoming verified. The dog lovers, which is my best person on YouTube, good. Home and garden decor enthusiasts, okay. Mother's Day dining, now you can kind of see where they fall off a little bit. Cat lovers, good. I don't know about home and garden as much. It could just be an overlap, but then the conversions drop down. But right now we can see that our pet lovers, our pet supplies, and our dog lovers are our three biggest good audiences. Remember when we did the training where we're talking about top of funnel and ways to expand when I said use Google's affinities in markets, their own database, this is still holding true. Google knows the most about, the, about these people because it's a very wide audience that Google continuously watches and fills with more cold traffic daily. It's not DSK, it's not placements, it's evergreen. So we have, I normally would take a note, drop it off to the side and say, here's where the audience is start to target when we're looking at YouTube specifically. So we've got the brand campaign, the shopping campaign. I'm okay with the running AT ROAS, which I actually, I like this one's working really well and everything's fine there. There's probably a little bit too much brand, but that will, that'll be easy cleanup. So let's look at some of the YouTube videos here. This is where I think that there's a lot of low hanging fruit. There is a total, and I hate these columns here. Let me just turn these off real quick because they always make this screen really fat. There we go. There is a good amount of YouTube. So YouTube in feed, subscribers engagement, in streams, subscribers engagement, customer emails, YouTube remarketing, remarketing, marketing. They have not gone cold yet. It doesn't look like it. It looks like the subscribers and engagement could be people that are subscribed. So let's just check this out here. All right, so this is actually, is this just pure cold? No topics. Oh, the running placements. Okay, really low views though, until, <laughs> until yesterday when Google lost all conversion tracking and says, uh-oh, and they gotta figure something out. <laughs> all right, so those are using placements, which is actually really interesting. They're not getting, they're not getting anything from their placements but their other, their expansion is actually on right now. It's still not delivering anything. Okay, no exclusions where I showed, yep. So here's what's interesting is when you look at the cost and you look at the placements, their expansion is turned on, which means, hey, I'm gonna target these very specific campaigns and there are these specific channels on YouTube. Awesome, now what happened? Well, we spent 16, $4, and like you know, zero cents on these 25 placements. What else happened? Well, I spent $2,700 on whatever YouTube wanted to do. So this campaign is running cold, just no targeting, no audiences, no signals, no demographics, running wide open. They call it in-feed subscribers and engagement. It's not. It's a placement with expansion opportunity that ignore the placement. Now this thing is not going to grow and then we're not going to track it. This right now is wasting nothing but just a ton of asset in the last 30 days with zero conversions off of Google's just, I'm going to guess where to go. But I'm not going to feed myself any sort of good conversions. I'm going to track three things three days, but anything that did come from this channel here is just going to show up where the brand, because we're not tracking what's actually moving the needle because we're leaving everything up to Google. So this one here, I would shut off completely redo. It's not a placement campaign. 95% of all that aspect did not go to the placements. So you start to dive in deep and you think, what am I, what the, is the campaign trying to do? What I think it does, is the campaign trying to do and what is it actually doing? Half the time, that's the issue. Well, I think it's going to placements. It's not. I think it's tracking conversions. It's not. So I think the brand campaign is doing really well. It is. Why? I don't know. 
So that's the one that's not working. Now let's look at, was that the, yeah, I think that was the subscribers in feed. Let's do skippables. So are we on placements again? Okay. So we're on placements, but this one's not running as well. Other, which is like traffic not included this one. So we spent all of our ad spend again, fear cold again. <laughs> so we have two campaigns that are trying to target placements that aren't actually showing up in placements because Google said, ah, I'm gonna ignore that because it can't, you left that setting on. So YouTube right now, two things in YouTube are not working. All right, so what have we learned? Well, we learned that our YouTube campaigns in the video are spending 8,000 of the 24,000, so one third of the spend. And the two campaigns that are spending $6,000, almost of the $8,000 is just a pure cold campaign without targeting and cross your fingers and we're not getting anything, we're not tracking it. Typically, a bad advertiser will say, yeah, well, you know, YouTube doesn't have good click-through engagement. And I would chalk it up as, well, what you tried to happen didn't happen. It's doing its own thing and you're not tracking the actual conversions long enough. And that's one third of your spend. Can I scale this? No, absolutely not. I can't scale your email list, but these two that you think are working are actually not. So that's 6,000 out of the 24,000. I could shave off six grand right now and you probably wouldn't feel a thing. No conversions would really drop in a brand. You might see like a 5% drop and you're not gonna see a third. It's, it's just not that good. I would have tracked at least a click or a three-day view-through conversion the last 30 days if it was working in the slightest, it's not. So we just chunked off one-third of the entire account from a huge inefficiency that this company apparently doesn't know about. Thanks for listening to the Google Ads Podcast. For more ways to grow your business with Google Ads, you can subscribe to the Solutions 8 YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to work with the best Google Ads agency in the world, you can visit Solutions 8 at sol8.com. Kasim here. If you're running Google Ads, even if your campaigns are successful, my years of experience have taught me that there are almost always enormous improvement opportunities. Now, what if the best Google Ads agency in the world was willing to review your Google Ads campaigns for free and provide you with a comprehensive action plan, no cost or obligation? Notice, I didn't say audit or evaluation. I said action plan a bullet point by bullet point breakdown of exactly what needs to be done to improve your Google Ads campaigns. Yours to keep, no cost or obligation. Head over to solate.com to get a free Google Ads action plan customized for your business. No strings attached. That's sol8.com, sol, the number eight, dot com.